from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, both of which you're listening to the MixLR feed on and listening live to internet streaming radio. Internet streaming video is right here, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. Inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, appreciate you being here this morning and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You know Mon Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory. What's popping gives you the list of topics for the day from top to bottom. We're talking Syracuse football with Ryan Bartholomew and, of course, getting into the fact that we'll be doing a live postgame show following Saturday, September 21st game against Western Michigan. That game is at noon. Our postgame show is at 430 and that is featuring Rob Drummond, another Syracuse alum, and that will be at the Wildcat Sports Pub. So we'll discuss that in just a little bit, and I'm very happy for the first time ever to have Ryan Bartholomew on the show here, former center for the Syracuse Orange, and a true honor and a true privilege. So with that being said, Ryan, how are we doing today? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and, and Ryan, you know, for you, you know, this, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things to get into today. Obviously, the offensive line has had, you know, their their ups and downs in the first three games of this season. So to really maybe kind of get into that first, as we have Ryan here on the broadcast, just, you know, what the takeaways are from what you've seen in the first quarter of the season in these three games with an offensive line that has some guys that have had some experience, has some guys that, you know, one guy transferred in and Ryan Alexander, Carlos Vettorello has never played a, a collegiate down until this season. And then guys like Sam Heckel and Aaron Service and and whatnot have, have had experience. Evan Adams has had experience. And then trying to figure out with Patrick Davis and Dakota Davis what fits best there. Just what your takeaways have been from watching the line this year so far? Sure. So just from what I've seen, it's watching games, obviously, from afar. Uh, it just it seems that, and knowing that the guys have been moving positions, that they're not exactly um, 100% comfortable with where they're playing and who they're playing next to and, and haven't really developed a, a rapport with each other yet, which, which for an offensive line, it's, it's, it's very important that you, know, you almost – just working unison and, and just know what each other is doing because you're playing next to each other for a while. Where I'm, I'm sure during spring practice, summer workouts, fall camp, and even the first couple weeks of season, guys have been moving around, playing different positions, probably have to practice different positions, and it's just hard to develop with the limited amount of reps that you can get. And, and when you see this, when you see a team kind of try and find its place and find its footing in the offensive line to go out there and, and do that, you know, for you, seeing that we don't know exactly who's going to fit where right now, that they're still trying to figure it out, there's a bunch of oars on the depth chart for center, for left tackle, for right tackle. To be three games in, is this a cause for concern for you as a, as a former offensive lineman that, 
Syracuse is still trying to figure out what the secret sauce is, who works best together, and we're stepping into game number four already. It's not not a concern. Uh, If everybody knows what they're doing, knows the offense, understands the scheme, understands what they're trying to accomplish, um, that I can't tell you from just not being on the inside if that's the case or if they're just trying to plug and play or if it's a concern of the coaches. Um, Just from 10,000 foot view, I mean, that would be concerning a little bit, but it doesn't mean it can't be done, can't be accomplished, that they they can't execute when put out there. I mean, there's a lot of other things concerning on the offense as well, other than the offensive line. Then if they, they could get that stuff going, throwing the ball in the perimeter a little bit to kind of spread it right out a little bit more so to get the run game going a little bit better, um, that could be helpful as well. I'm sure Coach Davers and his offensive staff are working hard to try to put something together that fits the team that they have and try to get the offense going a bit. Absolutely. And speaking here this morning with Ryan Bartholomew, former Syracuse offensive lineman. Ryan, to go back to your days, did you have any of those moments, in your opinion, when you were at Syracuse? Did you have moments where you felt like, the line was kind of growing, evolving, uh, trying to find their footing because it, it seems like, at least from my seats and from covering this team and being around these guys on and off the field, that it took about four to five years to build the line that they had last season. It, it took a long time to really get that you know strength and that comfort and that that continuity, so to speak. And now they're having you know a little bit of adversity right now that you know I truly you know lean on these guys and say, listen. You know, guys like Evan Adams and Aaron Service that have been around and Sam Heckle and whatnot, you know, they'll get it together, they'll figure it out, but it takes time. Did you feel like you, you had points when you were playing at Syracuse where the line was was gelling, maybe had a dip, maybe some guys left, maybe some things happened? Did, can you point to any of those moments? Um, I mean, we've had, from my time at Syracuse, I mean, we had, I won't say adversity on the line, but we've had some turnover and guys uh, go in and out. I remember my junior year, I'm playing guard, then I'm playing center, so we can then playing playing guard again. Uh, we had guys like Andy Tiller come go in and out. Uh, but then the following year, my senior year, I mean, we, we were pretty consistent with the line. We had guys, talented players like Justin Hugh and Zach Shabane and Andy Tiller, Mike Hay play. Um, and then still able to I was able to use my experience to help them out. And then the next year, Mackie McCherry comes in and plays with me with the same for other guys and Nikki used their experience to help them with keep the line going. And um, you see the kind of numbers, guys like Ryan Asip and Alec Lemon and, um, and um, Antoine Bailey were able to put up during those times at Syracuse. But, I mean, in my opinion, for offensive line consistency is key even guys in the same position so they can grow and work together is very important. Yeah, you know, and and having that consistency, having that, you know, knowing where guys are going to be. And and I guess that that's that's where, you know, when I was talking with Aaron Service before the season got started a couple weeks before the season started this season, you know, he he had made mention to me that they were playing all different positions. I asked him if he was the center. He's like, not necessarily – 
And that kind of has carried, I mean, not kind of, it has carried over into the first three games. So, you know, you want to lock that up. You want to kind of figure out what that is and where they fit. How... How much does that does that kind of I mean you you kind of you know the guys that are next to you right like if if Evan Adams knows Aaron Service's tendencies and Aaron Service knows Sam Heckle's tendencies and and so on and so forth that can help you but when you switch from a guard to a center and then your right tackle becomes your left tackle how much can that disrupt things in your opinion being on that line even if you know the guys if there's kind of a little round robin type of thing how much can that affect the consistency of the team. Oh, I, I think that's huge. I, I know everybody treats offensive line as one. Well, offensive line, they just say, oh, O-line, uh, they're a unit of five. But it's really, it's five individual positions. Each position has its own techniques, its own different things to look for. It's, each has a different combinations of footwork um, that you do. So the more consistent you can be in the position, the better you can be. Left tackle is different than right tackle. Guards different than centers. Centers different than tackles. Uh, they all have their own different techniques. They all look different when you're on the field from um, a defensive standpoint. So it's, for to be a good line, you have to be consistent in the people you put out there in, in the positions that they're in. Absolutely, and, and to find that piece and, and to find what works best for each of these linemen. Uh, Darrell Smith is listening in and, and watching right now, and he gave you a little shout-out here, speaking with Ryan Bartholomew live on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning, talking with Syracuse football alumni all throughout the year and all throughout the season, and always appreciate every single one of them that's graced the stage and everyone that will. Uh, Darrell Smith said, my first roommate in college, and, and sent you some love. What can you say about Darrell Smith? Oh, Darrell, Darrell, Darrell's a man, so, yeah, Darrell was my first roommate when we first got to Syracuse. This is, we're talking about 2006 now. We're all old now, but, um, yeah, I mean, Darrell is the guy that came in, started running back, moved to linebacker, and by the time he was out, he was all-league linebacker, uh, leader of the team. I think he shared team MVP with Doug, if I'm not mistaken, uh, our senior year. And he was, he was the... Uh, guy that helped us, I mean, along with all my other teammates, when we finally made a bowl game our senior year, and Darrell was a very important piece on that team. And, and, and to know that you guys had so much ebb and flow, you know, when you were out there and you were playing in China, figure out what worked and, and what made sense and whatnot. What, what would be your advice to the team now? Because, you know, it took such a long time to get to where they are. They had... You know, and, and, and some of the guys experienced a lot of this, some of the guys haven't, but they were three and nine, four and eight, four and eight, four and eight, and before they got to ten and three. What would be your advice to them as they go through some adversity this season to, you know, stay the course and stay with it, knowing that it took such a, such a long time to get there and you don't want to forget all the hard work, effort, and enthusiasm that went into getting to where they are, but I'm sure that there's some frustration right now. So what would be your words of advice to the current team? So, I mean, it's just, I mean, each week's independent. It's, you try to go one and out every week. So it's just figuring out what to do for this week to be Western Michigan. That's the only thing the team needs to focus on. That's, the, that's just the, it's the only way that they can start building momentum moving forward for this season. 
and as they go forward to look to you know win these games, they they've obviously had some ups and downs. Their most recent game came against Clemson. They lose 41 to six at home in front of 50,000 plus. Before we get into the game, Ryan, just what you can say about seeing 50,000 plus inside of the Carrier Dome. I mean, it's the first time that we've seen something like this happen in a very, very, very long time for the Syracuse Orange. It was the third largest crowd in Syracuse football history. To know that there was 50,000 people in the Dome, finally, once again, what does that mean to you as a a football alum and just what you can say about a crowd like that? Yeah, I mean, a crowd like that's amazing. Um, I wish I played in front of the crowd like that when I was playing there. I mean, you got close to 40,000 a few times while I was there. But I mean, a full crowd, all in orange, cheering me on. I mean, there's no better home field advantage in the country, really, because it's loud in some of the places. I mean, you played at Penn State, 100,000 people. It's not as loud as the Dome can get, um, even the 40,000 people. So, so it, I know Coach Davis talks about that all the time, but just creating a, a true home field advantage when people come into the dome. I mean, the dome, no AC, to get hot in there. I mean, teams, some teams can't handle that stuff, though. So to create a true home field advantage at Syracuse is really important, especially in building the program and keeping it at a level in which you're winning 10 games a year. And, and having that crowd, just what you could say about, you know, what, what that'll do to change it. You know, fans want to see this team win, but in order to see this team win, you know, it's it's always helpful to have that 12th man out there. We, we hear about it with the Seattle Seahawks all the time. And, you know, when you go to, I mean, I've been out to Florida State a few times, and what I've seen at Florida State has been absolutely tremendous. You hear about Notre Dame, you hear about Penn State, you hear about Ohio State and, you know, these these really, really difficult, difficult places to play. Just, you know, what you can say about the importance of the fans knowing that if they want a winning program, they got to show up and they got to rock that dome a little bit. Yeah, and fans understand that, but as the, I mean, I deal with this in my, my 9 to 5 job now, as the in-home experience is getting better, as everybody has 60 inch TVs and uh, in HD and you can watch everything with the comfort of your own home, um, it, it's hard and hard to justify spending money to, to come to games, but understanding that, they, well, just come, coming out the dome supporting the team will create uh, and having a great experience in that and will come onto the field as well in terms of wind. I mean, just as the Syracuse spin. Uh, you're doing your part to keep the program successful. And, and we've talked about, speaking here with Ryan Bartholomew, former Syracuse offensive lineman, we've spoken about, you know, Darrell Smith, you're, you're obviously your first roommate. And I want to give a shout-out to not only you, Ryan, but, you know, to take a, a little step aside here from the conversation for a second, to Darrell, to Shelton Prescott, to Kyle McIntosh, to yourself. You know, I, I, it means the world to see that there are, you know, Syracuse uh, former players that are listening, that are watching. I I know that you've done that. And so, you know, before I go anywhere else, I want to thank the Syracuse players that take the time to watch and listen to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And and I want to thank you for that, Ryan, because it really goes a long way. And and it's it's crazy to to be a kid that grew up 
in Syracuse, New York, and watched all you guys and cheered you on and hope for the best for each and every single one of you. And then to see that there's that support coming full circle now, I just wanted to say thank you before we said anything else. Oh, that's how it all. I mean, well, I mean, once you're at Syracuse, you're a Syracuse person for life. You always want to follow teams and, and know what's going on, and, and uh, you do a good job with that. And I, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate everything you're doing, and and I want to talk, I want to share that with everybody, just kind of what your day to day is, and what you're up to now. I know that you and I spoke about some things off the air, but let everybody know because I think it's important, especially for the current players, to know that after you play the sport of football, there's life beyond that. So what's what's going on in the world of Ryan Bartholomew right now? Sure. So right now I work for a, a nonprofit. Uh, we're the Military Bowl Foundation. Our biggest thing is the military bowl for them, like North of Brooklyn, which is the college football bowl games. Uh, we have teams from, teams from ACC and the Americans, so I'm always watching Syracuse, always hoping um, for Syracuse to play in the game, obviously. Well, we're we're stacked. I'd rather have to go to the Orange Bowl or Camping World Bowl, but any other bowl, I want them to come see us out here in D.C., and play a game out in Indianapolis. Um, I've been involved in football since my time leaving. I coached high school football for a few years here in the D.C. area. Um, so that's kind of what I've been been up to the last six years or so, just keeping within the game of football, but also working with you know the real world and, and marketing um, and trying to put this game together every year. And, you know, we see these bowl games, and there's so many of them nowadays, and, and, and people don't see kind of what goes on beyond that. You know, they, they don't understand what it takes to get up there and that this really is a year-long project for each of these bowl games. What can you say to, to that effect? Because I've gotten to really kind of dive into some of this stuff with some of the bowl leaders out there and, and whatnot. What's it like to plan this out and you know, to have the military bowl and kind of what you do. And like you said, a nonprofit and there's so many different angles and pieces and building blocks that go into, you know, playing one game one day a year. So just what you could say about that. Yeah. So bowl games are really a, a vehicle for, um, for the community that they're played in. So you the game to bring attention to the community. So we bring attention to the DC area to Annapolis, to the military, as we are the military bowl. We, we benefit the USL each year. We donate at least $100,000 to USL Metro here in the area. Uh, we, we donate tickets for active duty service members and their families. Uh, we also, I mean, just keep with the military theme, use proceeds to the game to have a 290-acre uh, retreat center for wounded, ill, and injured service members and their families. Uh, so we work with other nonprofits to bring service members down and their families for a couple of days of relaxation on Maryland's Eastern Shore. So, I mean, bowl games do play an important part in the community. It is a year-round process to put it on, make sure uh, we have sponsors, make sure everything is right, hotels and, and tickets and things of that nature, and also um, using the attention and the money we, we um, produce to do put it back into the community. So if you see a lot of ball games, that's kind of what the focus is now. 
and to have that focus and, and, and to not only do what you do for a bowl game, but to go one step further with the military, just to speak on, on that connection, you know, there is some hope that, uh, and as it is right now, I think there's some projection that Syracuse would play Temple in the military bowl, but the, the military bowl goes, you know, obviously a step farther because of your connection to the military and just what you could say about the importance of that and the importance of giving back to those that put their lives on the line every single day of the year and, and, and to honor those that have put themselves on the line, their lives on the line in the, in history to make sure that we could be in a country where we can have the job we want to have and do the things we want to do. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that service members sacrifice in order to protect our, our nation. And it's always great to say thank you to them in the opportunity that you have football most popular sport in our nation so it's important that we could use that as a vehicle to um, support service members um, with the with the game experience with money for the USL so they can continue their programs um, throughout the year we have events just a few weeks ago we had an event in which people could purchase tickets to watch the tick- Opening kickoff of the NFL season, uh, we closed NFL with a child, um, and we invited uh, service members from Walter Reed and Fort Belvoir that were um, injured in battle for a free meal, all you could eat, all you could drink, and watch the NFL season. So just doing little things like that, uh, everybody's always appreciative. It's always a way, great way to show appreciation for the, our servicemen and women. That coming from Ryan Bartholomew, former Syracuse offensive lineman. Uh, Ryan, before I let you go, I want to take a look at, at some of these teams that, that you had. And back in 2006 when you were a freshman, uh, Mike Williams, a part of the team, Delon Carter, Joe Fields, uh, a part of the, the roster as well, Bruce Williams, who has been connected with the program after the fact, Curtis Brinkley, uh, obviously we made mention of uh, Darrell Smith, Tenard Jackson was also on your team back in 2006, and Tony Fiametta, who had a long history in the NFL and, and so on and so forth. You know, there's a bunch of NFL guys that came through this. You had your opportunity there as well inside of the NFL, and we're just talking about this being your, your freshman season. What can you say about some of the teammates that you had? Because there were, in Arthur Jones and whatnot, there were these teams that, you know, win, lose, or draw, you would still send guys to the NFL because the talent was there, and just what you can say about that. Yeah, I mean, we had talented guys, guys like Tony Fiametta, Jamil McLean, who um, you didn't mention. But, I mean, guys that uh, set the bar high in terms of work ethic and, and, and leadership. I mean, just I know lessons I learned from you know, Art Jones, who was a great competitor on the field, um, that, that helped raise my game how dare she was going against him every day in, in practice. I mean, it's the issues. I mean, those are talented guys. But it's, it is a team game. It, I mean, it's bigger than just individuals. <laughs> um, so, yes, we had talented. Um, they didn't necessarily translate to wins. Obviously not. But um, those guys did set the, the building block. Guys like Janiel, uh guys like Greg Paulus, his leadership coming over from Duke. Uh, did, did lead to um, kind of my work ethic 
uh, my leadership abilities and, and some of the other guys as well that helped us kind of build and, and win back in 2010. And, and, and to grow to what it was and to get to where you got to, I mean, you went through ebb and flow. And, and so you, you know what it's like to kind of run through that and get to where you are. And we've spoken about this year's team. And, you know, some people want to throw in the towel. Some people want to wait. Some people, you know, don't know what to do. <clears throat> and, and ultimately, I feel like it, you know, it, it, it doesn't, people need time. And I talk about it here on the show all the time that anything good in life comes with time. If you want a good relationship, it's time. A good job, it's time. You know, getting a house ready, building a studio, building a company, it's all time. So, you know, what can you say about the the notion of they got to get it done right now. They won 10 games last year. How dare they not go 3-0 to start the season? I mean, there's some people that want to throw in the towel right now, and, and I'm finding it really hard to wrap my head around because people need time. Yeah. And each team's different. So last year's team is not this year's team. It wasn't the same group of kids, the same exact team playing this year's schedule. It's a totally different team. And this team may need a little bit of time to get to get things going. I mean, I, I've watched every team in the ACC so far this season. Every every ACC game left is winnable. It's totally winnable. Nope. Uh, Clemson's the best team in the ACC. There's the Clemson, and there's Virginia. And there's another clip, and there's everybody else. Um, so Syracuse, there's opportunity there for sure. I think this week, if they get together and we just see some growth and see some consistent offensive drives uh, against Western Michigan, I think then, I mean, it's looking out for the rest of the season for sure. That coming from Ryan Bartholomew here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Ryan, I appreciate it. I definitely have opened the doors to a lot of other pieces of the conversation. Would love to have you back on the show. Always appreciate you watching and listening and supporting. And so uh, I'd love to get you back on here because there's other pieces I would love to get to as we continue on through the football season. And I really do want to say thank you for being a part of the show today. Yeah, thanks. Anytime.